Welcome to the Average Joe Podcast, celebrating the lows and highs of everyday people. But clearly, you can see from the people that I've interviewed, there is nothing everyday or ordinary or average about any of these people, all phenomenal people that have gone through so much and yet have still chose to persevere because ultimately we can't decide what happens to us, but we do have the choice of what we will do once this thing or this situation or this influence is passed upon us. So that's the beauty of this podcast. It's about the journey, right? Because ultimately the journey is what changes us. It's not the end result. It's the process in between. And today I have Ron Bullock, AKA Udi, a very close friend of mine with a very incredible story about what Ron's overcome, <clears throat> what he's been through. Uh, I'm sure you'll refer, uh, you'll hear me refer to him as Udi and Ron. Uh, it's not split personality. <laughs> it's the same person. Um, this podcast is brought to you by Elevate Fitness Community Virtual Coaching, working with people all around the country and using fitness and nutrition as the vehicle to increase mental discipline. This podcast is also brought to you by Ron's Barbershop, Blend Soriel Styling Bar, and his upcoming book, 13 Years of College, which I'm super hyped about because once you guys start hearing the background behind this, it's definitely going to be a book that you're going to want to pick up. So without further ado, Ron Bullock, aka Hootie, how you doing, man? I'm awesome. How are you? How about yourself? Man, I'm doing phenomenal. I'm super hyped to have you on here. Uh, first, I just want to say thank you, you know, for agreeing to do it because it takes a lot of courage to talk about what you're going to talk talk about, man. You know, people pass judgment and stuff like that. So, you know, a wise person told me that if you can talk about your problems, though, that they are no longer your problems and you have control over them. So a lot of props, man. Indeed. Thank you, man, for uh, sharing your platform with me and allowing me to tell my story uh share my 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 story man uh because it's been a story it's been definitely a journey for me yeah man super hyped all right so jumping right into it uh udi so uh man tell me about tell me about some of the lowest points of your life man some of the points where you know you struggle the most uh man uh the jump right into it i guess uh See, uh, seeing my mother cry because uh, some of the decisions that I made, um, me being me being locked up, uh, getting incarcerated, and the the hurt that I put on her and my uh, my father's face. So it, it kind of um, that was that was a low point, man. Because to betray the love and 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 uh morals and principles that she that they instilled in me and 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 I in turn uh crushed them so I, I that was one of my lowest points and then on top of that receiving a 13 year prison sentence for my action so um that yeah that would that has to be one of my lowest points wow man 13 years yeah um, 13 years 
Yeah, soak it in 13 years. That's 4,745 days incarcerated. Right. Yeah. Man. Well, you do you do math pretty fast too. Hey, look, that's what I, <laughs> that's what they got calculators for. Though, like, I'm not not that good. I, I could do some math in my head, but not that good. So, man, what was that? I mean, okay, so what was it like the first week after you got sentenced, man? Like, knowing that that's what you're facing, like that uphill battle. Like, what was going through your mind the first week after you were sentenced? Um. My first my first week was just to fit in and, and try to make everything uh, uh <laughs> try to make normalize normalize uh prison and uh and just and just survive. So after that, after my first week, man, it, I guess um it was just survival after that. Man. That's that's nuts. And so, you know, as that situation unfolded, man, like, I mean, how rough was that? Oh my, it, it was it was mentally uh, tough more than anything. Um, being away from your loved ones and accepting accepting uh, that you you have no choice but to be away from them um, physically. It, it was it was rough um the conditions and and you know just living the prison life beca- it, it it became the norm mm, so the unnormal becomes normal the unnormal becomes normal and you uh and and, and you accept it but however man uh, you know i went years and years with uh just the a GED, um, so I, I I figured, man. Like one thing I knew, my 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 parents were always big on was education. So I began reading, um, taking more classes, and you know, uh, just trying to better myself to put to try to revert to uh, reverse the. Uh, the frown that I put on their face and the hurt that I put, I placed in their heart. Man, that's deep. Cause I imagine, you know, that the look on your mother's face, uh, I can't even imagine. I bet you that's probably just burnt into your, into your memory, huh? Yeah. And it, it can't be verbalized. It definitely can't be verbalized. It, it, it would just, it's so, it, it still hurt to this day to even imagine it and, and, and visualize it. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, in, in a situation that I feel like, you know, yeah, you make mistakes, right? You know, some mistakes, you know, we get what we get from them, you know, but at the same time, I feel like that scenario is just is horrible. Like, how do you get better in a situation around so many like negative influences because it's not like you're in there with uh you know your friendly neighbor right you're in there with other people who make mistakes and you know let's be honest you know a lot of people make mistakes and they don't really care about changing so like what did you do to just get your mind right that in a situation almost designed for you to fail that you know you were gonna get better oh my god so that's that's a good question and it's kind of 
it's it's a long story. I won't try to sum it up as, as much as I can because um going to prison at such an early age, I, I was in I was initially incarcerated at 18. I was sent sent to prison at 19. So going to prison, I was at the youth spread. There's a lot of gang activity. And you know, that's kind of the end thing. So I knew I wasn't familiar with that life, so I was gonna stay away from it. Uh, and I just didn't feel comfortable being being in that. However, I was in, into other things that was a step away from being being in gang. You know, just the the street life took over to uh, it carried over to prison life. You know, so I I was um, involved in the hustling and. The, and everything just to just to survive and you know so I could keep a keep my name and you know nobody ain't gonna mess with Udi until somebody mess with Udi. But that's that's neither here nor there. But to get away from that, I'm like, it's 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 not beneficial. I have a, a release date. So I took that in consideration and like I said, I, I, I took on education and I just wanted to see my, my parents proud of me. So I, I start, I began to study the, uh, every word, every book I read, if I ran across a word that I didn't understand, I underline it, I write it down. Then I will, um, write the definition down, then go back and read it again and get clarity. I began to take classes, um, classes of punk classes just to, uh, Find find a way to better myself so I could be a, a different person when I was released. Man, that's uh that's incredible, man. It's a true true testament to your character. So let me ask you this now. You know, we make mistakes, like I said, some more severe than others, you know, you gotta pay for them. Now, you would think that in that scenario you would make those mistakes and there would be things put in place to help you fix your thinking you know, fix your character, your actions, right? Do you feel like when you were in those positions that there was uh, ample opportunity for you to better yourself? Or do you feel that was something that you had to claw tooth and nail in that environment to make sure that you didn't come out, you know, on the other end the same way? Well, I know when I was in, it was presented to you um, certain opportunities for betterment were presented to you however you had to seek them out um you had to get on waiting list and 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 you had to jump through some some hoops to get get that uh get in those those certifications or those classes what have you but um it's 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 there it was there but um you had to you definitely had to go through some changes to get involved with them because and I and looking backwards I I could see why because a lot of guys took advantage of those opportunities and mm-hmm. they they manipulated them and uh you know but I don't think you should have to fight for the betterment of yourself in such uh such 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 a situation in, in the prison situation because you know 
that's all you got is a chance to do better, man. You can't you can't really go too much further than you uh, uh, you already at. Yeah, yeah, you at rock bottom. I mean, you're in the basement. So let me ask you this though: What, uh, let's say you know, on a scale of a hundred percent, like what percent of people in there did you run across that you feel like were actually trying to better themselves, right? Or versus you know the people that are just there and you know, they just falling in line with everything else and aren't really trying to better themselves. Oh, my God. The percent that really wants to do well. I'm going to say, I'm going to actually say, it's, it's, I'm going to say it's 50% that wants to do good. However, 25% of that 50% won't do good, won't uh, pursue uh, betterment because of their pride and their ego, and they, they care what people think about them. Uh, the other 20, 25, they actually pursue it because it doesn't matter. They just want to do better. Mm-hmm. At all, you got to sacrifice everything at all costs at all towards costs. what you're trying to accomplish. Yes. And that, that has to be uh, your beacon. I mean, that has to be your focal point. And, and you can't let anything deter you from that. Man, that's, that's incredible. I mean, a quarter of the people, so 75% of the people you run across is just a horrible influence on you. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, it takes a lot of heart. I mean, to make the mistakes and then on top of it, own up to it, right? And then you know, in such a horrible environment, change. So, no, like, don't get, don't get me wrong. You can still learn a lot from the other 75% mm-hmm. because you can learn anything from anybody, but you can learn what not to do. And they also have some jewels in and some good uh, principles that you can apply in your journey. Hey, that that's cool, man. And I appreciate that. You know, I, I apply that same philosophy like with my job because, you know, I'm in the gym training people and you know, I watch everybody, grandma, guy, bodybuilder. I mean, I don't care because somebody doing something could maybe spark an idea in my head for something that I want to do with one of my clients or maybe an exercise I forgot about that I could fit in beneficial. So that's a lot of respect, man. It's really a great philosophy you know, to look at life because you don't shut any doors, you know, you let people shut them. Yeah. And while you're on the, the, uh, the physical thing, you know, the working out, that's definitely a benefit. It was a benefit back then because it, it relieved stress. It, um, it helped me focus. It helped me to, um, kill off, burn off a lot of, uh, I don't know what you want to, I don't know what you call it in the physical fitness world, but I call it uh, excess energy. So I could focus on what I need to focus on as far as like writing and other things in school. So I did, I just didn't have that extra energy to uh, sitting on me when I was in class or what have you. And that's, that's phenomenal. I mean, yeah, a hundred percent. That's what it's all about, right? You got to, uh, you know, as somebody who myself is an overthinker, right? Exercise kind of just helps me kick the overthinking part and puts me in a better spot to, you know, exercise 
my abilities and, you know, and think clear and things like that. So, you know, I can respect that. So let me ask you this, man. So, you know, there's a, a lot of youth, man, troubled youth. And unfortunately, I'm sure there are younger versions, right, of yourself that are getting ready to walk down that same path, man. So if you could go back in time and give yourself a piece of advice, what would it be? And just so everybody knows, I don't send anybody questions. These are all right on the spot. So <laughs> it's definitely, you know. um, if I had to go back and, 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 uh, talk to my younger self, it would definitely be think and be your own man. Um, the, the things that you have no knowledge of learn definitely learn and be, be aware of it. Um, because what ignorant, how, I don't care what anyone say. Ignorance is not bliss. Mm. <laughs> you learn a lot from your ignorance. <laughs> it's a good yeah. teacher though. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth. But, um, on, on another note, um, so like you said, it, there are a lot of, young young me's coming up and 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 ready to travel down the same path that i i traveled so that's one of the things i kind of focused on focus on there in my barbershop um it's called being a father behind the chair and what that what that means is you give a part of you to another young young man whether he's a uh, single uh he had he come from a single um parent uh household or not you give something to that that child while he's in the chair to deter at least try to deter him from making mistakes that you made or now mistakes that you see that you made that you weren't conscious of back then wow so I can respect that, man. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Two people don't have to make the same mistake if one of them already did. Yeah, of course. So now let me ask you this. What do you feel like you've learned, right? I mean, 13 years, we said 4,700 and something days, right, in that position, knowing that no matter how bad you want to escape it, you can't, you know, feeling trapped, right, you know, overcoming your own self which I feel is one of the greatest battles that we all face. So what did you feel like, you know, right? I don't know how you could just answer this in a sentence, but if you had to put it in a you know, few sentences, what do you feel like you learned from that experience? Discipline. Um, I don't know if this is, is a good, um, if it's a good character, but I, I learned how to um, compartmentalize uh, certain things. One thing was definitely my emotions. I could definitely compartmentalize them. And uh, so I wouldn't have to feel them, you know, when things wasn't, wasn't going home, going good at home, I could just put them in that compartment and uh, they, they no longer exist, but definitely discipline. No, I mean, you got to learn how to separate your emotions, I feel like. And I think the key is to think logically 
and consider your emotions, you know, not vice versa. That's what gets us into uh, a lot of the dumb situations that we get ourselves in. And then discipline, right? You know, uh, it's a good book. You know, one of the quotes in it is discipline equals freedom. Yes. You know, it's having that drive to be able to do whatever you have to do, regardless of what you want to do. Man, that's uh, that's incredible, man. What a story. So what are you currently doing right now? Like, what are you working on? We, we talked about how, you know, you got your barbershop. Uh, so, you know, tell me a little bit about the barbershop. So um, I actually have a couple partners um, in the barbershop. It's called Blensorio Stalin Bar. It's in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, in the university area. It's actually one... 1001 East W.T. Harris um, Boulevard. Um, I work with, I have four, with three business partners and like, uh, they're my mentors. They're they're older than me. They've been in the um, business longer than I have. And so they kind of took a liking to me and, you know, we kind of moved together. And uh, this is just the, this is just a blueprint. This is just mm. a blueprint. This is the beginning. Other than a barbershop, of course, as you may mention, you know, I, I'm working on my my uh, my memoir, Thirteen Years of College, and it it's about the morning that I wake up in the county jail, and the to the day I walk out of prison. But it's about the, the lessons, the informal and informal education that I received along the way. Man, the school of hard knocks. The school of hard knocks. Um, as as much I would, as as I would like to regret it, you know, that's a, a part of me that I've I've I've, uh, I've embraced, and it, it has opened doors for me because. When I when I first came home, it was kind of hard to embrace. Like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the 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 stereotype prison guy. Like, he did he did a decade. He's this, and they put me in a box. So I was kind of I was kind of scared to tell my story. And then, uh, you know, I, I realized that after being out and enduring some of the things that I've endured, such as hard to get a job. And once you get a job, it's hard for you to get um, housing. It's, it's, it's so, so much um, that I have to share my story because someone else's story is mine as well. And we share the same story. And uh, I just felt that it's necessary to share some of the things that I've I've um, endured along the way, so I've I've embraced my um, <laughs> my felony, you know, or that you know I'm I'm the guy that went to prison. Uh, it, it's it's definitely opened up a, a lot of line of uh, lines of communication for me. Man, isn't that crazy to think how something so horrible could somehow benefit you in the end it is it is and it's it's uh perplexing for me to uh 
you know, understand at times because I'm like, why did I have to go through this for me to be, <laughs> you know, noticed? Like, why can't I just be yeah. noticed as this guy? But, you know, I I, I don't question the most high. Uh, I, like I said, I definitely embrace it. And uh, my story definitely will be told, shared, and I will, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely here to to help others who've been in my situation if I can, you know, and, um, you know, make, just, you know, be a positive figure. Man, that's incredible. So, you know, something you said about, you know, having the felony, man, you know, it's like you get a, you get that label, you know, you talk about housing, finding a job, man. I mean, how difficult was that, you know, getting back on your feet? Oh my God. If it wasn't if it wasn't for my wife, man, like I would I would probably be um I I I'd definitely be struggling a lot more because she's been a solid solid piece in uh in in helping me. She's been a, a, a foundation for me, man. Um so when I left, I I I I was uh, released April thirtieth of two thousand and twelve. September two thousand twelve, I was released to Wilson, North Carolina. I moved to Charlotte in September two thousand and twelve, and you know I, I worked I worked two jobs. And I was just uh, you know trying to get a get get my life in order because I couldn't get a job in Raleigh. I couldn't get a job in, in Wilson, so I had to move to Charlotte and because it there lied the opportunity and I'm so thankful. My wife came um a little later. I had to get an apartment in her name and I had to get a car in her name and everything. Man, it's it's kinda like you're not debilitating, but man, like like embarrassing, you know? It is, man, because I I felt like a little kid and so for a while it played on my played on my mind like hey you're dependent (laughs) but you pushed through it though that's what's up i was a i was dependent but i think we were more interdependent than anything yo man that's incredible i mean that's incredible and i i can relate to a lot of what you said because you know in my younger years you know i struggled with uh drug addiction that i mean straight up i should have killed me i i really don't know how I made it out of that. I'm thankful I did. And I understand my greater purpose now as to why, you know, I was fortunate to make it through it. But, you know, I I don't know if I would have become a trainer, you know, if I hadn't have, you know, gone through all those problems, you know, so for everybody that's that's listening, you know, don't be ashamed of what you've gone through, because ultimately, your past good and bad is what brings you to your present. And your present is what takes you to your future. So, you know, you got to just appreciate everything because there's always a lesson. It's just a matter of can you separate your ego? Can you separate, you know, you know, yourself from the situation and just learn from it? And, you know, Udi, that sounds like you really have done just that in such a crazy situation, man. So it definitely it definitely was a character builder. Um, it, it definitely built a lot of character. And and I've been able to build upon that character uh, as a man, and instill some of the uh, principles and morals in in my um, 
my son and daughter. Wow, man. That's incredible. So let's talk real quick before we uh, sign off about your book, man. When is when did you say that uh, when's your book going to be released? So as of right now, my book is in editing. Thank you. I've been saying this for man so long. So but now it's, it's on its way. Um, so I'm thinking at the end of June, beginning of July, uh, I definitely Definitely inform you just soon as I set a release date. So I'm trying, I'm getting the promotion and marketing thing up. I'm building some steam and, you know, just getting it, getting it out there, getting the word out there and try to, uh, you know, it reach as many people as I can because I, uh, I want this, I want my, my story to touch, fall in the hands of the people that it needs. But yeah, man. And to know that I just, I want to make note of this. I started journaling in 2003. That's taking notes and putting, I started a journal and to 2012. And when I came home, I was just like, what am I going to do with these notes? <laughs> that was my book. Wow. Wow. And speaking of that, so we got two more things to cover, but one of those things is any last and parting words for anybody who's listening to this? Mm. I like a, a quote some um, by Lisa Nichols. She's a, a a motivational speaker, a life changer, and she said that your 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 dips are your, your are your story. That's where you find you at in your dips, and your dips are your valleys. It helps you. It helps propel you to your peak. So, find find your lesson within your dips, and build on it. And I guarantee you to take you to your peaks. Bro, I love that because that's where I was going next is ending with the quote. So you hit them both at the <laughs> same time. Yeah. Um, so, Yo, man, you're a hell of a guy, man. That's that's it's really an awesome story. It's awesome that you had the courage to speak about it. And what's even more incredible is that you want to take this situation and use it as a platform to help other people, man. I got a lot of respect for that. I mean, it really is a true testament to your character. And I think that's awesome. You wrote a book about it. I mean, just so much good stuff. I mean, I appreciate you. I, I definitely thank you once again for sharing your platform with me, allowing me to share my story and, and just doing what you do, man. Um, being a genuine guy that you are. All right. Well, thank you. Udi. Well, everybody, Episode four of The Average Joe. Clearly, though, nothing average about any of these people. The reason why I came up with that, though, is because, you know, a lot of times people think that we're average because we don't have X amount of followers or, you know, we haven't sold a million of this or a million of that. But, you know, ultimately, it's the everyday people that have the best stories. You know, it's the most relatable. You know, it's what we can 
come together where we can strip out race, religion, and politics and just, you know, focus on the people. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about people like Ron that gone through things and just keep pressing. So everybody that's listening, regardless of what you're going through, keep pushing because there's something in there for you. Thank you all.